Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 76 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for another day to learn about you. Help us receive the message you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's see what's happening in John chapter 8. Jesus is back teaching in the temple. Interestingly, he had spent the night at the Mount of Olives, likely praying all night long. The Pharisees, still trying to catch him in some sort of offense, brought a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Verses 5 and 6 say, Now Moses in the law commanded us that such women, offenders, shall be stoned to death. But what do you say to do with her? What is your sentence? This they said to try and test him, hoping they might find a charge on which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger. The scribes and Pharisees weren't really interested in her or the crime. They were simply hoping Jesus would say something they could accuse him and charge him with. And they were willing to kill this woman to do it. However, Jesus didn't respond the way they wanted him to respond. Initially, he didn't respond at all. He simply kneeled down and wrote in the sand. He didn't rise up and condemn the woman. He stooped down instead. Jesus showed us what complete forgiveness looks like that day, and he cleared the area from all who desired condemnation. No one was left to ensure the woman's punishment was carried out, not one. Every time I read this story, I am more convinced that Jesus and his Father don't condemn us either. The world condemns us, and maybe we even condemn ourselves, but God does not. We are covered by the blood of his son, and God shows his mercy in this story. In verse 24, Jesus shares a truth we need to stand on today. He said, if you do not adhere to, trust in and rely on me, you will die in your sins. Let us trust in the one who came to save us, for through him our sins are forgiven. He also tells them that when they put him on the cross and he dies for them, they will finally know that he is the one who they've been waiting for. He knows everything and even told them everything, and yet they could not hear his words for what they were. They were a people who were desperate for the Messiah, and yet they didn't recognize him when he stood in front of them. The mercy in this is that Jesus knew. He knew they would kill him, and he was still willing to talk with them and try and tell them about himself and salvation. He was still willing to go to the cross to offer salvation. Then he accuses the people of serving the devil instead of the Lord. And Jesus calls the enemy a liar. In fact, he calls him the father of lies. And there is further negative exchange between him and the Jewish people. Verse 58 is underlined in my Bible and says, Jesus replied, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. Remember Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 is referenced here in this verse and is also underlined in my Bible. And it says, and God said to Moses, I am who I am and what I am, and I will be what I will be. And he said, you shall say this to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So powerful. If we really understood who the great I am is today, I believe we would be transformed in spirit. Let us pray for God to continue to show us who he is. Let's see what Paul is writing to the Galatians about in chapter 3. Paul is concerned for them because they are impacted by false teachers, people who are teaching them to depend on the law for their salvation instead of grace. In verse 3, he writes, Are you so foolish and so senseless and so silly? Having begun your new life spiritually with the Holy Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? And he continues to argue for grace over the law. 
He brings us Abraham and his belief in God. He was counted righteous because of his belief in the Lord. He believed in, adhered to, trusted in, relied on God. Jesus continually told his disciples and others to believe in him, have faith in him, and trust in him, and they would be saved. In both the days of Moses and the days of Christ, belief secured righteousness and everlasting life with the Most High God. It is still true today. I'm thankful we aren't saved by our good deeds or works because I would fail every single day. We are saved by grace, God's grace, the grace that sent his son to this earth, and the grace that strengthened Jesus to carry the cross he would die on. Verse 9 says, so then those who are people of faith are blessed and made happy and favored by God as partners in fellowship with the believing and trusting Abraham. Then he goes on to say, those who depend on the law are setting themselves up for disappointment. The law was put in place to expose sin and make people more conscious of sin. It was intended to stay this way until Jesus came. Then our belief in him makes us right in God's eyes. Our belief that he nailed our sins to the cross and we can continually ask for forgiveness makes us right in God's eyes. In verse 26, he writes, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. We are children of the Most High and Holy God. In this, we can praise the Lord. Well, let's see what God is telling Moses. In Numbers chapter 35, the Lord makes provision for the Levites. They were not to be landholders, but there was land they were given to live on. It was land given to them by the landowners and was divided by the size of each tribe. If the tribe was large and they were given a lot of land, then they would give more to the Levitical tribe. If less, then less. There were cities specified for people who had killed others, cities of refuge. These cities were given to the Levites to live in and were safe cities for those who committed murder until a trial came. If a person was rightfully convicted of murder, they were killed by the person who avenged the blood of their loved one. If it was an accidental death, then the person was to stay in the city of refuge until the high priest of that time died. If they left before the priest died, then the victim's avenger had the right to kill the one who killed their loved one. God shows his mercy as he made a way to protect the person who accidentally caused death to another. The rules were specific. Again, the Lord didn't leave anything to change. He made a provision for every one of his people. The last portion of this chapter reminds us that blood defiles the land. The Lord could continue to reside with the Israelites if there was no bloodshed on the land. I believe this is why the cities of refuge were on the Levites' land. They were continually offering sacrifices to the Lord to keep the people and the temple holy. Because of these sacrifices, the land the Levites occupied remained holy, even if murderers were living there. God is holy. That is what this round of reading the Bible is showing me. God is holy. Some leaders of the tribe of Joseph approached Moses with a question. Do you remember the tribe where the father left only girls? He had died and they were the only ones left. They were given land as an inheritance. The men from Joseph's tribe identified a problem with this. If the women were allowed to marry outside their tribe, if that happened, they would be party to their own land plus land from another tribe. So another ordinance was born. The women in this tribe were required to marry within the tribe, and they did. They married their father's brother's sons. The ordinance covered not only these women, but all the women. So many details to work out as a people became a nation. Genealogy remained significant for the Israelites for thousands of years. They became steeped in tradition, rules, and regulations. I'm sure this is one reason it was difficult for the future generations to believe Jesus was God's son, especially when he didn't observe all their traditions. 
Psalm 76 is another psalm of praise to the Lord. Asaph writes about how glorious God is and how he brings sentence on those who are against him. The last two verses sum up this psalm. Verses 11 and 12 read, Vow and pay to the Lord your God. Let all who are round about him bring presents to him who ought to be reverently feared. He will cut off the spirit of pride and fury of princes. He is terrible to the ungodly kings of the earth. Yes, we owe our praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. He is greatly to be praised and he is our avenger. He will bring the proud low and raise the meek. A common theme throughout the Bible. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word. We love reading about you and learning about you and your nature. You are merciful yet mighty. You are loving yet set yourself against our enemies. May we receive all the messages you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.